Good music is what we want to hear. What do you mean, good music? It's what we dance to, what our children will dance to. And if you don't want to play it, then take your records and go home. Did you have a band? Good or bad? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the air. Welcome to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Greg Cott. I write about rock and roll for the Chicago Tribune. Today on the world's only rock and roll talk show, Jim and I present our annual mixtapes. We've picked our favorite songs to give you a soundtrack for 2008. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time for some music news. Can't escape that song if you were alive in 2008. That's uh, <laughs> I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Jim, you and I study popular music for the pleasure, but also because of what it says, I think, about our society. There, there's, I think, a direct link between the kind of music we listen to and what's going on that year. You're going to get a really good reflection of what's going on in society. And a professor at Coastal Carolina University, Terry Pettyjohn, agrees with us. He has recently completed a study that shows the causal link between music that we listen to, the most popular songs going back to the 50s, and what the economic conditions have been like in Mm. North America. Professor Pettyjohn, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about this study. Very interesting in how you correlate the musical tastes of our culture as to the economic conditions in the country. And you trace this back to 1955. First of all, what motivated you to do this study? Previous research that I had conducted, it looked at physical attractiveness preferences, preferences for facial features, body features. And we wanted to extend what other types of social stimuli might be preferred under different types of social and economic conditions. And so... Music was an interest to both me and my co-author, Donald Sacco, and so we wanted to see if the Billboard number 1 hits actually changed with social and economic conditions as well. How did you define bad economic times? Well, the social and economic indicators that we use include things like unemployment rate and uh, disposable personal income, the consumer price index, you know, inflation. Basically, we used a grouping of both social and economic factors, and we put them together in, in terms of one measure. Because we weren't as interested in how how songs change with just one thing, like unemployment rate. We were mm-hmm. more interested in kind of the global perspective that we have from combining all those features into one. And what did you find? Can you summarize? Yeah, basically, in summary, this was an archival study from 1955 to the, the top hits in 2003, Billboard number one songs. And we found that when social and economic conditions were relatively threatening, the songs that were longer in duration rated as more meaningful in terms of the content, more comforting, more romantic, and slower were the ones that were the most popular. Give us some specifics on that. Uh, Give us an example of, say, a slower, more meaningful song that resonated in uh, more difficult times, and give us an example of what you're talking about when you're talking about a more energetic song uh, resonating in more upbeat times. Sure, an example of a a song that would be preferred when times are more difficult, a song that was rated as 
is very meaningful and also kind of slower in terms of how it was presented was Bridge Over Troubled Water, which is popular in writers, Jim and I, would have to agree with uh, the premise of the study in that as a cultural force, music is one of those instant windows into what's going on in the society. I think it's one of the quickest turnaround factors. I mean, it, it may take a year or two for a movie to come out to reflect what the society was thinking in a particular year. But now, especially with the Internet, you get that instant feedback about what's going on in the world, and there's no quicker way to do it in terms of an art form than creating a song and getting it up on the Internet these days. So it seems to be one of these patterns that has certainly been in place for uh, several decades, as your study indicates. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because, indeed, the turnaround... and. And supposedly the you know the artists might start to write about some of their experiences in our current social and economic state and in terms of the economy, in terms of the things that people are experiencing. And that kind of common connection that we have with those types of lyrics might make them more appealing to us at this particular time. It'd be interesting to do the corollary study as well, because you know, you're you were dealing with the billboard charts, which of course is, is mainstream taste. You know, right. Greg and I have long argued that some of the most fertile periods in, in rock and roll history the mid-70s, the punk explosion in England and in the United States, the uh, mid-80s, the indie rock era in the United States, they were reactions to, you know, in, in the first case, uh, you know, punk was happening when, when the city of New York was bankrupt and, you know, that famous headline, Ford to City, Drop Dead, and, you you know, you had uh, Thatcher in England, mm-hmm. and, and here uh, in the 80s, you know, you had the Reagan era and AIDS, and, and we were getting this great music in the underground. People were reacting with, with powerful art to difficult times. Yeah, and indeed, what you what you see, I mean, and this is kind of the mainstream Billboard number one hits, and a lot of the songs, a lot of the music that some people select 
to listen to aren't captured in any of these types of preferences. And so you'd have to go elsewhere to kind of find those. We chose Billboard because of its reputation and because people recognize these songs. They listen to the radio and they're more familiar with these. But indeed, it, it's important to point out that there's other types of music and musical influences that might be corresponding to different changes would be another avenue to look at in future research. Well, it's interesting, too, what your study concludes, because I think some people might look on the surface and think they go to their entertainment, they go to their music, they go to movies, they go to certain types of plays to escape what's going on in their lives. In other words, they want the exact opposite out of their music or their entertainment than, than they're getting in daily life, you know, sort of the flip side of what, what your study concludes. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, Definitely some people, that could be a useful purpose at some point, but I think for the most part, it's more of a reflection of what it is that we're experiencing and drawing these common threads between our experience and other people's experiences so we can kind of deal with the current situation and um, feel like we belong to something that's happening to a lot of people at the same time. Now, people ask us this sort of question all the time, Professor. What's going to be big in 2009? We can turn around and put you on the spot. <laughs> we, we are heading into what uh, what everybody I keep hearing on public radio say is the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. Not on that level yet, but the worst we've seen since. So what what would you predict? If you, if you were running a record <laughs> company, what would you be deciding to release in 2009 to tap into the zeitgeist? Well, I think there's a couple couple avenues here. First of all... You know, if you go by the results of the study, we might find certain types of songs that definitely would be considered more meaningful in terms of their lyrical content that make us feel kind of comforted listening to, maybe more romantic ballads and slower music. That might be one angle that we might see. Something else that we might see, I don't think it was necessarily talked about too much in this study, was the um, kind of nostalgia, looking back at and finding some artists that are kind of coming back up and releasing new information, new new songs, that might be really appealing to people because we're familiar with their music and you know, if, if they, in, in fact, have music that kind of fits the, the categories that I was talking about, that might be really appealing in the future. Uh, so if you had, like, some, some, some bands from the era of the dot-com boom, when every every guy who, who could uh, program a microchip was a, was a quadrillionaire, you know, this would be, like, a good time for, for that to come back. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Guns N' Roses might uh, come out, and that might be really popular. Well, that's a good time here. I was just going to go there. This makes perfect (laughs) sense. Greg and I reviewed that album just recently, and we were deriding these horrible, lush ballads with all of the, you know, over-emoting by W. Axl Rose and the string sections, but he may have tapped into this. Yeah, this might be the perfect time. Finally, we get that. We get that album in perfect time. Here we have Terry Petty John, who is currently a professor of psychology at Coastal Carolina University and author of this study on behavioral patterns as a result of pop music, and uh, soon to be in the A&R department at a major record label, judging by the, uh, <laughs> the information we've just received. Uh, thank you, Professor, for being our guest on Sound Opinions. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I stay fresh like a wrapped in plastic. Beat goes plastic, see galactic. Southside boy, we Cadillacic. Charismatic, Asiatic. I hustle for mathematics. Cameras, action, change status. Actor, tap your favorite actress. Gucci, rocket, teach me, pop it, movie, watch it. Booty, drop it, body, move it, show it, move it, style it, and be a fly. That is a song called Universal Mind Control, UMC, on Sound Opinions, the title track from the eighth album by the Chicago rapper Common. 
raised on the south side as Lonnie Rashid Lynn. He has been one of the most prolific and, and I think uh, inventive artists in hip-hop, Greg, in the last two decades. He has never stopped pushing the envelope in terms of what can be done in hip-hop, but he's been, uh, he's been fighting two big battles. Number one, he is consistently dismissed as a preachy hippie, a backpack rapper, and that's never been all he is, but it's something that he resents. The other thing is, make no mistake, Common is ambitious. You've seen him on Gap ads. You've seen him uh, shilling for Microsoft's Zune. I think he's wanted to be on that level. He now has a very successful acting career in addition to music. He was in the film American Gangster with Denzel Washington. He is uh, apparently slated to play the Green Lantern in a Justice League film that's coming out in 2010. Now he has this album. He is in the midst of his second career renaissance, a second phase of his career that started when a guy who he mentored, Kanye West, began producing him. Uh, Played a big role on his last two albums. Now comes album number three. Some weirdness about the release of this album. It was originally to be called Invincible Summer, and it was supposed to come out in June and be the hip-hop album of the summer. Common told Billboard, quote, I created this music for the summertime. It's about feeling good. This is the type of music I felt was missing from my body of work. What does he mean by that? He means lighthearted party jams that you play on the boombox, crank it up while you're having a barbecue. How does that play out? We're going to play a song called Sex for Sugar, S-U-G-A, from Common's new Universal Mind Control on Sound Opinions. Girl, you've been touched by the forces of nature. I'm just trying to motivate you. Electricity is definitely there. I got shocked when I touch your hand. Sex for sugar, sugar for sex. 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 Girl, you've been touched by the forces of nature. I'm just trying to motivate you. Electricity is definitely there. I got shocked when I touch your hand. Sex for sugar, sugar for sex. Sex for sugar, sugar for sex. Sexy sugar, sugar for sex Sexy sugar, sugar for sex Girl, ooh, you look, uh You're the type of thick that I came here for What's your name? I can't hear ya Will it be alright if I called you sugar? You could call me Smokey, I'll be the bear The smell of sexy is all in the air What you got, girl, is so unfair I like the way you move, so keep it right there Or you can do what you want to do I'm just glad I'm in front of you But I don't mind being behind Cause I'ma touch you where the sun don't shine Got my hand on my money while you on the grind In tune with you cause you so fine And when you whine, it's genuine Get on my vine and we can climb Girl, you've been touched by the forces of nature I'm just trying to motivate ya Electricity is definitely there I got shocked when I touch your hair Sex for sugar, sugar for sex Sex for sugar Sex for Sugar from the new Common album, Universal Mind Control, the eighth studio album of a career that dates back to the early 90s. I would argue, Jim, that the previous seven albums all have considerable merit, some of them some of the very best music made of that particular year. Absolutely. In, including the B album of 2005, certainly one of the, one of the great hip-hop albums of, of the decade. That is not the case, however, with Universal Mind Control. I think the gravest disappointment of Common's career... Here is a man who has been extolling uh, President-elect Obama yeah. in his music since 2004. 
I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, well, we're jumping on the Obama bandwagon in 2008. Common was ahead of the game. This is one of the most politically and socially astute rappers we have out there. We count on him to be surveying the landscape and giving us feedback about what's going on in his community. That's a lot to lay at the guy's doorstep. You know, you're, you're the conscience of your generation and your community. But I expect that of him now because he's played that role so well. On this record, yes, he is consciously trying to get away from that dusty soul vibe that he had as backing music on a lot of his albums mm-hmm. and going for more of an electro-funk sound rooted in an early 80s electro-funk and new wave. You know, the Pharrell, Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo, otherwise known as the Neptunes, one of the most successful production teams of the last 10 years, are working with him. Yes, the sound is more contemporary. It's more dance-oriented. But not only is this record out of step with the season, it should have probably been released in the summer. It might have fit in more with the vibe. Here it is, the middle of winter. But, you know, also just the sense of opportunity that is out there in the country right now awaiting a community that has been suppressed Mm -hmm. for so long. And yet we get uh, same old tired sex and bling raps here from a, a rapper who's never really indulged in this sort of thing before. The rhymes sound like he they were done while he was paging through some softcore porn magazine. Yeah. It's really, really disappointing. And this is one of the most talented freestyle rappers in the game. You know, you can you can sit there and, and throw any topic out at Common. Voltaire. Yeah. And he'll rap for 20 minutes. It's yeah. amazing. He's a great talent. He has done that for us on this show. It breaks our heart. I, I, I'm talking for myself, but I imagine it's the same for you. Yeah. We have covered him since the beginning of his career, and he is such an inspirational artist. And here he is portraying the disgusting, drunken uncle who not only knocks over the punch bowl, puts the lampshade on his head, he pinches the behind of every woman in the room. What is he doing? This is a horrible, derogatory, empty-headed... I mean, you know, even if he was playing sexist characters but was doing it with the brains he's shown in the past, because he has been thuggish at times, and he has gotten... You know, but always by playing characters. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a guy I knew on the street who hated gay people, and he would portray that character with the purpose of... What is in this guy's head? How mm-hmm. do we turn him around? Here, he's just being a buffoon. I can't imagine what he was thinking. You just hope that when he wakes up with that hangover in the morning, <laughs> he's going to be so ashamed. This is r- truly one of the most disappointing records I have ever had to review as a professional. On the buy it, burn it, trash it scale, it is so low, it maybe doesn't even rank. It, this is to say, trash it, forget it, don't even think about it. Well, there should be a new category for most disappointing album of 2008. It's certainly a trash it record if there's a redeeming feature it's that he will come out with new music very soon because he's a prolific artist and hopefully there will be a new album in 2009 that redeems this one coming up on sound opinions from chicago public radio and american public media greg and i are going to get back to some great music as we unveil our mixtapes for 2008 
Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Greg Cott. He's Jim DeRigatis, and we have prepared our annual mixtapes. Uh, that's actually the final song on my mixtape that you're hearing now, Rivers Cuomo, with the song called Can't Stop Partying. Somewhat downcast vibe, and, and it illustrates, I think, what we're trying to accomplish here, Jim. We're, we're trying to tell a story through through songs, putting together a collection of some of our favorite music from the year 2008 and sequencing it in a way that makes sense, at least to us, as, as the movie High Fidelity made very clear. A mixtape is a way of telling something about you to the rest of the world, uh, maybe your closest friends. I know, I don't know about you, but at the end of the year, I send out my mixtape to a few people that might appreciate it. And, yeah, well, so, you know, you were, you were insane. You sit <laughs> in your basement, you work for, for like hours and hours and hours, if not, if not weeks on this. You take it very seriously. I have always taken the approach of, here's a bunch of songs I really like this year that didn't fit into any other discussion that I had on the radio, and I'm going to put them on CD and play them. Well, you know, it's, it, it really is fairly easy for me, too, because I I kind of know the songs that I really loved and why. And then I pull those together, you know, on my hard drive. And then it's just a case of let's find the common thread here and tell a story. And I think one of the common threads in in my mixtape was, you know, you look at what kind of a year 2008 was. And and, and there was this air of hopefulness about it, obviously, with with the election in November. But at the same time, we were in the midst of one of the worst economic crises in this country in half a century. Mm -hmm. And and you can't ignore that. So these songs, even though they're not so much political, I think they do tell a story, an emotionally complex story about an area of personal loneliness. I mean, you begin in a very lonely spot with the, with this Kanye West song, Love Lockdown, from his most personal album, 808s and Heartbreak, a record that I think really, in a lot of ways, captured the mood of the country. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kanye has done it again. This is, this is a record that keeps moving up in my estimation, and I think it really sets the tone of, you know, the party's over, I'm the last guy left in the room, and I've got no one around me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just me and my thoughts, and, it, and it's pretty troubling. You followed up with Gnarls Barkley, that, that track, Who's Gonna Save My Soul? To my mind, the great vocal performance of the year by CeeLo Green. Again, a song that's asking a, a very profound question. In fact, it's the title of my mixtape, Who's Gonna Save My Soul? <laughs> and I think that's a question that keeps coming up again and again. We're in a, in a period of great anxiety right now. What's going to happen next? What are the next four years going to be like under President Obama? Can he get us out of this mess? So here are the first few songs from my 2008 mixtape. It begins with Love Lockdown from Kanye West, followed by Who's Gonna Save My Soul, Narles Barkley, Lay Artistes from Santo Gold, as far as I'm concerned, the best chorus of the year and one of the best songs of the year. And finally, That's Not My Name from the English duo, the Ting Tings. Here it is on Sound Opinions. I'm not loving you way I wanted to. What I had to do, had to run from you. I'm in love with you. But the vibe is wrong And it haunted me All the way home So you never know Never, never know Never know enough Till it's over, love Till we lose control Since the moment Screaming no, 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 no 
You're listening to the first four tracks on Greg Cott's mixtape for 2008 on Sound Opinions. They forget my 
What you just heard were the first four songs from my 2008 mixtape. It began with a Love Lockdown from Kanye West, Who's Gonna Save My Soul, Gnarls Barkley. Number three was Lay Artiste from Santa Gold. And last, That's Not My Name from the Ting Tings. To hear our complete mixes or to share your favorite songs of the year, go to soundopinions.org. We'll be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media with Jim's side of the mix.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. Greg Cotton and I are doing our mix CDs or mix tapes for 2008, songs that we really love that we put together to kind of tell the story of our time. That was Little Wayne and his huge smash single, Lollipop, which I actually have kind of tacked on as a coda to my mix CD. It doesn't fit anywhere else. Uh, I spent half the year hating this song and the other half of the year loving this song. It is still sort of annoying in some ways and sort of vulgar, and then I finally just have come to peace with it. It's impossible to resist. So it doesn't really fit in my mixtape. This year, I broke my cardinal rule of just slapping together, you know, 15 or 20 songs that we didn't get to talk about or play anywhere else that I loved and was obsessed by, and I never really worry too much about about the order. I've got kind of a short attention span. You know, I want to <laughs> skip around. I'm excited about this music. I want to play you this good music. This year, I tried to be caught. I said, what would wow. Professor Cott do? He tells the story every year. He makes a big deal about it. You know, and there's no two ways about it. I mean, I titled my mix CD Songs for Troubled Times. Too many of our colleagues are friends. Our family are unemployed right now, and we're hoping that President Obama is going to fix things, and there is that, that sense of hope, just as there is always a sense of hope wherever there is music. I mean, the blues came up as a response to economic hardship. Jazz was born during the Great Depression. Some of the best rock and roll we've said has been made, you know, whether you're talking about the Reagan-Thatcher years or, uh, you know, now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay? sure. Uh, you know, people, people turn to great music when there are hard times. So I did exactly what you did at the beginning, starting with... With a collection of sad songs. In fact, I opened my mix CD with Sad Song by Lou Reed from that new recording of his Berlin album, right. Live. And then I went to Kanye West. I chose Welcome to Heartbreak. And then I went to Norris Barkley, who's mm. going to save my soul. So you ruined uh, that part of the mix <laughs> for me. I'm not going to play that. I'll go a little deeper. The first, uh, I guess, two-thirds of, of my CD are uh, pretty sad. And uh, three of the saddest songs I heard in 2008 were I Will Possess Your Heart by Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. What an amazing, creepy song, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, where love turns to obsession, which is also the theme of Berlin, and possibly stalking. Then uh, there's a song called Death Take Your Fiddle by Spiritualize right. from their album, which is just, I mean, I don't think you can be any lower. Mm-hmm. The rhythm track of this song is the breathalator that was keeping Jason Pierce, the main man of the band, alive after he almost died from a severe uh, form of pneumonia. And uh, then uh, I think I'm going to go to Beck's Soul of a Man, which is sort of the turning point, the linchpin of my CD, where after this, the the record gets angry and then finally hopeful. But uh, let's start out with this trio of sad songs from my mix CD on Sound Opinions. How I wish you could see the potential of you and me It's like a book elegantly bound but in a language that you can't read just yet You gotta spend some time love You gotta spend some time with me And I know that you'll find love I will possess your heart
are listening to Jim DeRogatis' 2008 mixtape on Sound Opinions.
just heard three songs on Sound Opinions from uh, the first two-thirds of my mixtape for 2008, Songs for Troubled Times, I've Called It. That was Death Cab for Cutie, I Will Possess Your Heart, Spiritualized Death Take Your Fiddle, and Beck's Soul of a Man. Right after Soul of a Man, Greg, my mixtape takes a different turn. It gets angry, and then finally it gets optimistic. As I said earlier, we all find solace in the worst of times in great art, music in particular, and that's how I get to Weezer. A lot of people dismissed Weezer's third self-titled album of its career, so-called Red Album, said, you know, it continues the arena rock turn that they took in the last two discs. It's got those three songs he threw the other guys in the band. What's the point of that? You know, the rest of the record is as good as Rivers Cuomo has ever given us, and in particular the song I'm going to play, Heart Songs, I think is, is, is unique in the history of rock and roll for what it does. 
I don't think that there's anybody who loves music who doesn't recall the moment they got struck by the thunderbolt. For Rivers Cuomo, he is sitting in the backseat of his parents' car. It is raining. The windshield wipers are going, and he hears Eddie Rabbits. I love a rainy night. Come over the AM radio. <laughs> and it's a stupid song. It's a sappy notion. But we all had those moments where you fall in love with music for the first time. And Rivers, I think, has written a song about it. You said it was an inferior rewrite of that Weezer song from the first album, In the Garage. But that's about being at the point where you all have already picked up an instrument and you form a band. This is even earlier. This is that scene in Almost Famous where young William Miller discovers the records that his sister left him when she runs away from home, and those records change his life. And and I, I've never heard a song in all of rock that I can think of that does that better than this. I think it's a brilliant song. It is the whole point of my mixtape, Heart Songs by Weezer on Sound Opinions. Quiet, quiet, got me started with the banging of my head. Iron made in Judas Priest and Slayer taught me how to shred. I gotta admit though, sometimes I would listen to the radio. Debbie Gibson, tell me that you think we're all alone. Michael Jackson's in the mirror. I gotta have faith if I wanna see clear. Starts a fight. Don't you worry for too long, cause you know these are the songs. These are my heart songs. They never feel wrong. And when I wake for goodness sake, these are the songs that keep singing. Weezer Heart Songs on Sound Opinions. If you want to look at our entire mixtapes, stream them over your computer. You can go to soundopinions.org. What do we have on the show next week, Greg? Jim, we've been playing a lot of great music in recent weeks on the show, sort of wrapping up 2008, but believe it or not, there's still more out there. Stuff that traveled beneath the mainstream radar. Great music that you need to hear. Our buried treasures of the latter half of 2008. As always, Sound Opinions was produced by our ace team of Todd Bachman, Jason Saldana, and Robin Lynn, and our executive producer, our fearless leader, a guy who I've heard humming that refrain of lollipop <laughs> around the station, Tori Southside Malatia. Christmas is over. 
Christmas is over. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. Now it's time to hear what you have to say. Christmas is over. Wah, wah, wah. But our love still glows like lights on a tree. Hey guys, this is Greg from St. Louis. I uh, listen to the show on podcasts. I love it. It's outstanding. Just got done listening to your Christmas Spectacular, and uh, and it was really a treat. Um, I have my own Christmas mix that was made uh, by a former co-worker of mine, none other than Beetle Bob, of all people. Guy's annoying as all get out to see at a concert, um, but he made one heck of a Christmas mix. It's three tapes long has the Ronettes on it, it has Jan and Dean on it, it has just all kinds of gems on it, and it's actually, uh, it's grown on my eight-year-old, of all people, so that kind of shows you that some of this stuff is really timeless. Um, so, I liked your Christmas mix, I like my Christmas mix, but they're going in the box after Christmas. Thanks, and uh, happy holidays. Hi, this is Kevin from New Jersey. I called last year to review the best and worst of Sound Opinions 2007 and wanted to do it again with a review of Sound Opinions 2008. The story you guys missed this year was the Paul Westerberg download story. It has everything, a legendary rock star, modern electronic distribution methods, copyright infringements, temporary restraining orders, but most of all, really interesting rock and roll He released an album that was fantastic, and it went almost completely under the radar. Uh, But don't feel bad. You guys weren't alone. Nobody really reported on that one. The best listener contribution from 2008 was from the Back to School episode when a guy called in and talked about Bob Seger's night moves. When you're in grad school or college, the beginning of each school term takes on a different meaning because each one that goes by means you're that much closer to the end. It's like you're either terrified of an uncertain future or you're kind of locking into a life that's so mapped out it's not so open to possibilities anymore because everything's so finite. With night moves, like when you listen to it, the senior kind of knows this, but he doesn't spell it out for you. I mean, the first few verses are kind of like a teen movie cliche about having fun this summer and all that. Mm-hmm. But then he gets to that last verse where he's talking about memories. He's talking about what's happening in real time. I woke last night to the sound of thunder. How far off I sat and wondered. Started humming a song from 1962. And it's funny how the night moves. He took a song that I've heard hundreds of times and made it fresh. It was like he was explicating a poem. And that's rock criticism. I think we should give that guy a regular spot on the show. The most controversial review, at least in my house, was the Jonas Brothers review that you did. My 12-year-old daughter happened to be in the car when I was listening to the podcast that day. She's kind of having her Bay City Rollers moment with them right now. Uh, And while I won't dispute your review, she sure did. If we have to rate it on the buy it, burn it, trash it scale, what do you say? 
It's a trash it. I agree. It's a trash it record. The best show of the year in 2008 was your Feelies reunion show. Uh, I love that band back in the 80s, and they're so underrated, and they really uh, could have done a lot more than they did. I hope 2009 is the year that they re-release all their old albums and maybe put out some new music. I don't usually keep podcasts, but on the Sound Opinions, buy it, burn it, trash it scale, this one for me was an archive-it. This was one for the ages, and I'm going to keep it. So that's my take on Sound Opinions 2008. Jim and Greg, here's looking forward to a great 2009. Thanks. No more messages. To give us your opinion on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.